it's Cofield and Company. All right, I got a treat for you. Listen to these kids. Are they great? Beautiful, beautiful. Kids greater what? Ah, they're wonderful ones. Watch your mouth, your mothers might be listening now. That's very sweet. Now, back to Cofield and Company. No reason to call Santa Claus fatso. Come on, you kids. That's terrible. It is awful. It is awful. They are going to go the, to the naughty list. The Ari sense of humor, and they are going to go on the naughty list. Willie Ramirez is here. Here is Thomas and Mac. We're getting ready for a run of Rebel game going down at 7 o'clock, 6.30. With the pregame, we had the Knights with a big win last night, beginning of a uh, road trip. In the Northeast. Yep. Let's bring in Brian Blessing, talk a little hockey, a little bowl betting, a little NFL look ahead. Good luck trying to bet the NFL this weekend with the COVID outbreak. Brian, how you doing, buddy? Oh, hanging in there, man. I mean, this is uh, this is getting nutty again. It's like Groundhog Day. Oh, I thought you were talking about the Joe Pesci Christmas song. Oh, that was very festive. Isn't it? Oh, yeah. What's you, your, your, when I your, think of Christmas, I think of Joe Pesci. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, Home Alone, of course. That's a good point, actually. You're a festive guy, Brian. What's your what's your what's your go to? What's your favorite Christmas carol? Uh, what puts uh, Brian Blessing in a festive wow, Christmas that's, mood? That's a good one. No, I'm I, I like I love Christmas. Yeah, no, I, I like them all. I'm, I'm I'm not being evasive. I don't know that I have a go to. A Snoopy and the Red Baron. Here, there you go. Snoopy and the Red Baron. I wanted a song like the old Burl. Oh, what's your stuff. favorite song? I would have to go with like old, <coughs> the old Burl Ive stuff. Holly Jolly Christmas. Yeah, there's some. Oh, White Bing Crosby. Christmas. White Christmas is good. Yeah, Bing Crosby stuff. This is a real young, leaning show here. Oh, Burl Ives is the oh, young guy. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you, Kurt, Kurt Cobain under the mistletoe. I mean, what? It's, it's, <laughs> hey, that's it's, not old too. Actually. It, that's it's old. either that or Run DMC Hollis Queens. One of the two. Come on. There you go. All right. All right, Brian. So uh, give us your take on what happened last night with the Knights as they get out to a quick start and Patches is back. He's on fire. Things are looking good to start the road trip. No, no. I mean, listen, rub patch are ready for luck. I mean, this guy's on fire. But, I mean, the, the real – honestly, Taylor Steve, or Chandler Stevens. I think you call him Taylor. Chandler Stevenson is just – he's been the MVP of this team. He's a point-of-game player. And you know, all this talk about when Eichel gets here, listen, you ain't breaking that first lineup. Let them run the way they're running. And then you figure out what you do with Eichel on the second line with Smith and Marge so. And again, we don't know, you know, who's going to be the odd man out here when this guy gets here. But that first line is just sick right now, playing really good hockey. So uh, pretty impressive. I mean, seven games in a row to get a goal. That does not happen often. And he's on fire. So that that's terrific. I'm, I'd be very curious, Willie. I, you know, I, just, I felt like Debbie Downer the whole stupid show we did today but i mean connect the dots i mean we said yesterday before the game i mean they couldn't do it we understand it but it was like it was a real concern vegas playing these guys you have marshawn on the ice in the morning gets yanked yep uh and they're coming from calgary who had nine guys at the time now calgary 17 today you get bergeron who took a face off against every golden knight center last night now vegas is off to new york I mean, fingers crossed, but I mean, you got to be keeping a very watchful eye on the Golden Knights now. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing is, it's the same thing with the Raiders, right? They, the Chiefs had some guys that that tested positive or they ended up on the list, 
so you got to wonder. I mean, in hockey and football, close contact and teams that are playing, you know, the the Vegas teams, they're 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 coming up with positive tests. They're ending up on the pro in the protocol. So it's 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 you know it's it's something that you have to be wary of. But at the same time, you have to move forward. They're doing the they're, you have to do your due diligence and continue to test and you know and everything that they're asking you to do when you're especially when you're on the road. And it's funny because I just made this rant that um, on my social media with NBA and NHL and NFL players. These th- there's an uptick in t- in tests and everyone's like, what's going on? What's going on? Let's not forget that it's December, okay? And yeah. two years ago in 2019, it would be flu season, and it was no big deal if they said, well, Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty are out for tonight's game or tomorrow's game against the Devils because they got the flu. Everyone was like, oh dang, that sucks. He's got the flu. Now it's COVID. Everyone. It's it's going around. It's colder. The climate is is you know is obviously they're going to East Coast. There's snow. They're in airplanes. They're in airports. They're in hotels. All these teams that are traveling and playing every other day, NBA and NHL, and then you got football as well. Um, you know, so it, it it is the season. It's the sick season. Well, it's just that the thing that's going around is COVID. So you yeah, can't the, necessarily the, say people are not doing their job in not no, wearing not their mask. No. The, listen, the NHL, I mean, I've been taking a Perel shower coming out of the Golden Knights locker room in the, for the last four years. You know, it would be nothing for Montreal, Boston, Ottawa, whoever, go down to Tampa, play the Lightning, go cross state, golf, and then play the Panthers, and then they'd come home and the whole team had the flu. I mean, that that stuff's been going on forever. The, the thing is, it's, it's very disconcerting, and we said this. Here's what I'm really worried about. And we it was like literally right before it happened, we were talking about it, and it happened. Canada is the one you got to watch. Yeah. Because we said, well, what are these guys going to do? I wonder if they'll do something with fans. And I had Cam Stewart on who lives in Toronto, and he was talking last night. We did a podcast, and he said, they're having a big thing today, and who knows what's coming. Sure enough, 50% fans in Ontario. That's the first step. What? I mean, I, I pray not. But what if 50% fans becomes zero fans and you're talking bubble stuff again? And then what if down the road, and we know that they've got the pension to do this, what if they ever did the border again? What happens to this hockey season? I don't know if they're going to do I – I can't imagine. I think that – Talking about Canada now. No, I understand. But I also know that when they when, when we first went through this – and they were doing the bubble and doing the border and in in every you know and everyone was taking their precautions they were also up against the unknown so they've been down this road they know what they need to do i i personally i just think that this is something that like i said it's it's flu and cold season and you know um I was not on board two years ago, whenever, you know, when the anti-COVID people, you know, it's just the flu. It's just the flu. No, it's not. It's, it's something different. But in two years from now, guess what? It's going to be somewhat like it's going to be like, oh, man, remember two years ago when this was big? Like, it's going to be like, oh, it's just the COVID. And they got, you know, I, I just feel yeah. like we're, at some point we're going to be at a, you know, in a situation where this is going to be, eh, it's like the flu. So, anyway. Back no, to I'm hockey. I'm with you. Back, I'm with you. I'm with you to, and all that let's stuff. Get, I mean, let's get back to the Golden Knights because I got a question. Because I got I got yeah. a counterpoint for you. Sure. Chandler Stevenson versus Jack Eichel. Here's the thing. 
The reason why Chandler Stevenson has proven to be the MVP of this team is not because of what he's done the last two nights. God rest his grandmother's soul, and he came back inspired seven assists in two games. I get it. But the reason why Chandler Stevenson has been the MVP of this team since the start of it is because during a 12-game stretch that Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty were out, he led the team in points with 10. He played with 11 different line combinations. And that, to me, is why... It yep. makes more sense to move Chandler Stevens. It's not a demotion. It's a strengthening of the third line because he's already established a chemistry and knows the nuances of so many of those guys down there, whereas Eichel, you only he only has to learn the nuances of two guys who are elite players in Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty. You send him down to the bottom six, you got to figure out which two wings are best suited with him. And, yes, he'll have time to practice and, and skate at City National and go through that, but – Game time, he, there's, there's no, you know, it's, he's going to be up against it. I personally feel it's a beneficial to strengthen the third line, not demote Stevenson, because he already, the DeBoer already knows who he can play with and who he can produce with. Well, I would counterpoint that with the first line has been really, really good. You keep that together, and Eichel, what, what would Marchessault and Smith what kind of numbers would they put up with Eichel between them? Then you take a guy like Carlson, if he buys into this, which I believe he would. He's not a 43-goal scorer. We know that. I mean, now you get a stout defensive center on a third line. You could match up against the other team's first line, possibly even outplay the other team's first line while shutting them down. Eichel's big value is going to be on the power play. And then you've got Wass center in the fourth line. I don't think I'd, I'd tinker with that first line. To me, it's almost like you're throwing all your eggs in one basket. The first line's terrific. Keep the first line together. Really jump, enhance the second line. Put Carlson on the third line. And you can make the case. And you could say, well, the first line was part of this too. But we've seen the Misfit line, which is really good. It's fun. It's entertaining. Everybody loves them. But it's not been good enough the last four years. I'd, I'd put Eichel on the second line between uh, Marge. The other thing, Willie, we don't know who's going. <laughs> you know, who's who's leaving here? Somebody's leaving. Hmm. Brian Blessing, Sirius XM 159, Sports Grid Radio, locally on K-Shop. I know you talk to Mark Lawrence every week, and could you guys make any sense, uh, point us in any direction in terms of NFL picks, especially for the games on Thursday and Saturday with all the COVID stuff? Don't you have to wait until right up until the game? Oh, I think so. I mean, we had Tony Neville on today. I mean, every book's going to be different. I mean, some places might circle games, Steve. Some places might, you know, conceivably take games off the board, but limits could be lower on these games too. I mean, there's just there's so much uncertainty. I think, you know, Thursday night, I think we're okay. Uh, That should be an interesting game. The the Raiders thing, I I heard – I don't know. Willie, had you heard anything along these lines? Is that that at least – Something is a, a fail-safe plan. Is there any way they'd ponder moving that the Raiders game to make it like a Monday doubleheader by them a couple extra days? Did you ever hear that? No. No. I mean, to this point, every NFL insider said the, it's not even being discussed. No. Okay. Be, no. No. They, they they laid out that game. They laid out the the blueprint at the beginning of the season of mm-hmm. all three leagues. This is how it's going to be, and you know, in terms of following the due diligence, following the rules getting vaccinated or not getting vaccinated, you know, whatever you choose to do. But the league said, this is how it's going to be. And you go with it. I mean, guess what? 
jump some uh, jump some practice players up. That's a, that's no, you, no. You, I hear you. No, roll roll the dice. Hockey may end up. Maybe they got to bring a taxi squad back. I don't know. But the NFLPA is playing the "I told you so" card, right? That they said well, tested one day a week. That ended up. You test a guy on a Monday, and you know Monday night the guy gets it, and he's strutting around Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You know, I, I think the NFL's likely got to go to the point where they're testing more, which seem to be something the NFLPA seems to be pushing anyway. Has the Browns game moved so much? Because there was a six and a half at the start of the week. Browns favored. It's now mm-hmm. Raiders one and a half. That they got a principle. Do you still bet the Browns, or are they just they're they're so beat up? Because I don't think Keenum to Baker Mayfield is a is a massive drop off. But then you start getting concerned about the offensive line. No, I don't. And it, and this is believe me, this is not an endorsement of the Raiders in any way, shape, or form. But I mean, I doubt highly they'll decide to uh, you know do a river dance on the Browns logo. Uh, that would probably be a good idea as a starting out game plan. But all these teams, Steve, professional teams, when they get absolutely dummied, I mean, just beat to a pulp, teams usually come back with a good effort, you know? I mean, so this is not not saying the Raiders will do this, but most teams, when they get absolutely pumped, I mean, who was it? Pittsburgh, right? They got drilled, and then they came back. When you're morbidly embarrassed, professional teams usually bounce back with a good effort. Uh, Buffalo this week. What are you doing? Ten and a half, Carolina. Here, you you want to talk me off a ledge? I, well, you have to talk <laughs> me off a ledge. But am I crazy? Because I'm I'm still very optimistic. I really am. Wow. If they win this game, they've got Atlanta, and they've got the Jets. If they can't beat those three teams, they don't they don't deserve to be there. If Indy beats New England, which is certainly very possible. Then Buffalo beats them in Foxborough next week. Buffalo wins the division because they got the tiebreaker. It's it's not outlandish. What looks horrific today is actually you know looking pretty good in a month. We'll see. Um, as for the game this week, Allen, first they said it was turf toe. Now they're saying it's a foot sprain. He had the walking boot thing. They only did a walkthrough today. But he said, I, you know, I, I'll be okay. Uh, and the number was 9.5. Then it came back up to 10.5. So it's looking like he'd play, but the one thing I would just say about that is if you're the Bills and you're up 17 points halfway through the third quarter and you got New England coming next week, it wouldn't shock me if they put Trubisky in so the backdoor cover could be in play. But the Bills have stomped on laying double digits, weak teams. They've rolled teams. Uh, Carolina's kind of a mess right now, but the Bills got to get back on track. I mean, I mean, you think of the games these these guys lost, and you and I, and I know we were through a, a third party. <laughs> we were communicating on Monday night. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you man, you saw that Monday night game a week ago, and then they didn't get any of the calls in that game against the Bucks. But I mean, hey, they were a no show in the first half. It's on them too. Bills, bet plus three forty to win the AFC East. It's in. I mean, they're up to twelve to one. They're up, they're, up, they're up to twelve to one to win the whole thing. I'm hey, not don't do forget that Kansas. Kansas City was went to fourteen to one. Indy was eighty to one five weeks ago when we yep. were talking about them. I, this is the most fluctuating volatile futures market you'll ever see. I mean, to this, you can say, yeah, I kind of like this, I kind of like that. But is, is there really a team to beat this year? Well, that's why you got to be watching the the futures market all the time. In terms of yes, no on the playoffs, uh, division, and you know, obviously you're not going to win all of them. You can't, but if you sprinkle enough money around when there's high value, you got to pick the right spots, you could be in decent shape. Willie, what do you want to close out with? 
The uh, you know, <laughs> Brian, we we every week we have something going on with the Raiders, right? It's just yeah. it's, it's just a ongoing onslaught of issues. But in Jacksonville, <laughs> yeah, something new. Urban Meyer's been accused of kicking a player. I just don't know what the deal is with this guy. But to, uh, this week, the AFC South Toilet Bowl. Houston versus Jacksonville. I'm going with the Texans on the road, and my guy, Brevin Jordan and Bishop Gorman, to win that game. That's the game you want to talk about? <laughs> yeah, I actually I do. Well, I'm no, sitting, it's on the board. You know why? It's on TV. It's on TV I'm sitting somewhere. here scrolling through the picks that I'm supposed to make for this pool that, can you believe it, Ari is winning of all people. Atta and boy. I looked at this, and I said, 2-11 and 11, Houston, 2-11 and 11 Jacksonville. News just came out about Urban Meyer. I was like, I'm going to ask my guy Brian about these two teams. Uh, I've got to go back way back, the way back machine. It was the best <laughs> game Lawrence has played as a pro was against these guys. Mm. And he's been pretty ordinary. And you're right. And if, if Urban Meyer was such a good kicker, uh, he should have just dressed himself instead of kicking the kicker. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, Apparently he gave him a pretty good – Kick in the pants. It's so ridiculous. The one, they, the, the one well, I know the, yeah. the one game I'm looking at. I just throw this out there that it just it just looks odd to me, very odd. Is Green Bay Baltimore? The totals forty three and a half. This thing came down two points because Lamar Jackson's out. Yeah, Lamar Jackson's been terrible. He's not been good the last month. The Humphrey kid was running around making some plays. You know, he maybe makes some mistakes in a short field here and there. Rodgers is Rodgers. I, Green Bay, Baltimore. That thing's only forty-three and a half. That total is one that does look low to me. I think it's an overreaction to Jackson being out. Sirius XM one fifty-nine Sports Grid Radio. Brian Blessing also on K Shop. Brian, we appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Wait. What? Uh, when's the next Joe Pesci song? Should they stay tuned? <laughs> no, I don't think we have any more today. But there's more because he did a whole Christmas album. And oh, believe me, it's, uh, it gets worse and worse. We put the clean part on. The, all the rest of it has language all over the place. We will get killed Santa, by the FCC. I'm, Santa Claus, I'm done with that guy. Yeah, yeah, I'm oh, done with that guy. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. See you. Big day in Vegas. Super Bowl press conference today as the uh, Raiders brass is down in Dallas at the owners' meeting. So uh, Willie gives a recap of uh, the festivities and just how much energy there was around the announcement. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. The 4 o'clock football frenzy is presented by Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans. Call him now at 702-577-2600. So we just started uh, getting into the COVID issues with the Cleveland Browns. No Stefanski at head coach. Baker Mayfield is now positive. We know yesterday eight, nine players went on to the COVID list. This is a mess heading into Saturday. The line now has shifted all the way from beginning of the week. Browns laying six and a half to the Raiders now getting, check that, laying a point and a half. How bleak do you think it is for Cleveland? Or is this an overreaction, a shift of eight points? It's a big move. I'll I'll say that. Um, it's dangerous to think that the Raiders can't out of nowhere show up considering what they did on Thanksgiving. I know that I said that the last couple of weeks, and then we saw what they did in Kansas City, um, saw what they did at home previously. But 
there's that window out there that a 4-0 run, and I've been saying, if you remember a couple of weeks, I said the most important game left on the schedule at a certain point I said is the Cleveland game because we already assumed Kansas City was going to win. So the, the important game is Cleveland because if you win this game, you got Denver, you got Indianapolis, you got the Chargers. I mean, if they were to miraculously, miraculously put it together, put something together, and make a four and zero run, and end up with ten wins, and then they fight their way into, a, you know, back door into the seventh spot. Um, but it, so it, it, you know, the Raiders are healthy. Or, I mean, let me let me rephrase that because they're not healthy. Their their injury list, their injury report is like a laundry. They're list. not riddled with they're, COVID. They're not riddled with COVID like <laughs> yes. Cleveland. So. Keep in mind, as they're shifting the lines, as Cleveland continues to add up the COVID uh, players, the Raiders, you know, Darren Waller, Denzel Perryman, key guys on both sides of the ball, longer list with with some other guys, nagging injuries, limited participation, some full participants, but um, it's not (laughs) – It's I don't know how much of it is an overreaction just because of the the components that are missing from this team – it's, it's really on the Raiders and which Raiders team shows up. What a setup. What a setup for Saturday and really what a setup for the rest of the season. The Raiders are right in the middle of this whole thing with the uh, back end of the AFC playoffs. From the Colts in the sixth hole to the Dolphins in the 13 spot. Seven and six, all the way down to six and seven. All the way down. Uh, the Dolphins, I was just looking for – Make playoffs, yes, no, plus 850. The Browns are still plus 120. Bengals are plus 180. Technically, the Browns, the Bengals, the Broncos, the Steelers, the Raiders, and the Dolphins are all outside looking in right now, but they're, they everyone plays each other. So this is exactly what the NFL wants. Like I, I know people are going to complain that you know a couple of teams that will be sitting there at 9 and 8 will make the back end of the, the playoff field with a 17 playoff field, but yeah. it's exactly what the NFL wants. And frankly, for NFL fans, it's kind of cool, right? You were just mentioning, like, as dead as the Raiders look, it's like, they still have life because the expanded playoffs and everyone around them is basically with the same record or 7-6. and six. Yeah, could you imagine us sitting here talking that in week 14 that the New England Patriots currently hold the number one seed in the AFC, the Tennessee Titans are number two, the Chiefs are three, Ravens four, Chargers are five, Colts six, Bills seven. So the so so the one thing with the Browns, yes, you know, is you know they're missing a bunch of players because of COVID, but they're they're sitting on the cusp. They're tied with Indian Buffalo, but Indian Buffalo are seated six seven right now. Cleveland eighth, so they need a win, and they're catching a team that is not has not been playing cohesive football, and they've looked terrible defensively, um, partially. Early, early part of this losing skid because in the second half because their offense couldn't stay on the field long enough to get them breaks. But then last week, Kansas City just decimates them regardless of how much time that they had to rest. Super Bowl official, 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 official. It's coming here. 2024 Super Bowl 58. You're shaking your head. You've been here for uh, nearly 50 years. Wow. And even go back to, uh, you know, five, six years ago. Like, we don't have to go back to the 70s, the 80s, and 90s, the early 2000s. Go back five, six years ago when Tony Romo was told, fantasy football in a gambling city, uh, the, your whole conference. No, sorry. You Let's, can't do it. we got to cancel it. That was 
this decade, and now they're giving us a Super Bowl in 2024. Not only that, but... Boy, rich people like money, right? Now yeah. they're like, ah, sports gambling, we can make more money. The NFL can get even bigger. Yeah, guys, we've been telling you this for freaking 30 years. We're on the up and up. Don't worry about us. And now they're not that worried about us, so we're getting a Super Bowl. Yeah, when Brian McCarthy was interviewed years ago with all these games going to London and Mexico and just said, what about an exhibition game? And his words were, in a gambling town? No, there'll never be a preseason game in Las Vegas. <laughs> well, Brian, we'll see you here with the, my credential for the Super Bowl in right. 2024. Which was, Why, by the way, which was always hilarious as they play games in London with sports books across the street from the stadium. Steve, <laughs> they play in a stadium where there's kiosks that you can bet on the game. Now, I now for, when I first found that out, I, I was corrected, and I'm not sure if – so I don't know the ramifications, but the kiosks, I don't know if they turn off when the game kicks off, but when you walked in, the, you could bet, and I think once the game starts, I don't think that you can bet. Whatever whatever it was, or maybe for that game, you could. But there's kiosks in the stadium that they're playing on that you could bet sports. So, yeah, um, wild. Wild, I mean, n- never, you know, never what I had imagined just five years ago that we'd be talking about the Raiders – the Las Vegas Raiders as a segment, and never would I imagine that we were talking about the Super Bowl coming to Las Vegas. But here we are in the midst of it, and for the past three, four weeks, all we've been talking about is what a weekend we've got coming up. And now all of a sudden we're talking about the Super Bowl. A lot of thanks to go around. Uh, I saw some people giving the Raiders the uh, lion's share of the thanks. Thank you, Raiders. That's, that's a big part of it. But uh, also thank you. NHL and Bill Foley and VGK for normalizing Vegas. And the biggest thank you, thanks, Willie. Hey, Ari, thank you. Thank you. Your tax dollars, over a billion dollars in public funding to build the stadium, fix the roads around the stadium. We bought our way into the NFL, and we bought ourselves a Super Bowl. So I want to thank everyone listening right now. Thank you. Uh, by the way, I can. when people are like, it's not our money, it's the strip corridor money, which can be used in lots of different places. That's right. My Lord, today, because you know there's, there's construction all around the strip, right, you know, for the next couple of blocks east and west. I, was, I drove uh, the Paradise and Flamingo yep. has been a mess of cones forever. The cones are gone. I drove through there today. I thought my axle was going to snap. What did they lay down? Anyone who's driving in that area, what did they lay down? It's they, like a slalom course for the car. They dug they everything it up. Out, or are they just going to rip it up again and start working on it? But, but you know, like when people are like, oh, yeah, you know, it, I'm glad we have a stadium. I am. And I'm glad we have the Super Bowl. And I'm glad we're going to get the Final Four eventually, regionals, you know, the CFP title game, all that stuff. We needed a big stadium to get it. That's very cool. But, you know, again, I want to remind people. The, the money we bring in in terms of hotel tax revenue can be used for a lot of things to improve the, the strip area. Yeah. So The infrastructure in this town is And I know people outside, horrible. you know, when people outside, like the Raiders fans who live outside the market are like, not your money. Okay, you don't live here, so you don't see what the, what the roads and the egress and ingress is all like and all that stuff. And, and safety, too, right? Yeah. Now, when you drive up and down the strip and pretty much everywhere uh, near the strip, you got all those bollards. Like, that took money to put those up, yeah. right? And they are everywhere. They are everywhere. And we still got to finish the north end of the strip. When's the last time you drove uh, on the north end of the strip? By Resorts World and the Convention Center build-out? 
That's all, you know, that's all still being worked on. I actually will drive that way sometimes when coming into town to, um, to pick up, if I'm picking up Josh Dubow on the way to the game because I come down Sahara. All right. or Good when to know I, when, when you're picking up your AP writer friend. Yeah, yeah. or when I leave uh, Silver Sevens. Yeah. I I I'll, I sometimes shoot paradise down to there. So I, I I mean I don't I don't drive the strip like I used. To. I mean that used to be a big thing, you know, when we were yeah. kids. That was the thing. What are you doing? Oh, we're going to cruise the strip, and it took all of about seven minutes. <laughs> that was the big deal. Cruising the strip, pulling oh, in front so of funny. Westward Ho, the McDonald's, and the Stardust, and then you knew at a certain point you just you just did a U-turn, come back, and you just kept going around and around until you could catch the eye of of girls, and you pull them to the quickest parking lot, and then try to go shoot your shot. And on the thank you stuff, you thank you, you, you thank. You know all, who I always thank, but go ahead. You, you thank you know the forward thinkers in this town, always looking to get bigger and bigger, dreaming that we could be involved in the major league sports world. The LBCVA has done an awesome job because they're behind a lot of this stuff. We're going to get the NFL draft soon. We got the Pro Bowl coming up. Um, you know, I told you a couple of weeks ago, just talking about the you know the, the way the strip has changed over the years. Uh, well, first of all, when I first got here in '96, that New Year's. Uh, Eve was when they knocked down the old Hacienda where Mandalay is now. And yep. imagine, you know, across from the Hacienda, you're like, hey, there'll be an NFL stadium there. And uh, what are we like? At that point, we're what, 28 years? Yeah, 28 years from now, we're going to have a Super Bowl on that empty lot across the way on the 15. Like, what? There's, you, there's no way. You know who I heard? Th- uh, Mark Davis thanks somebody today. And, and I want to preface this by, by, by just throwing out a, a, an, a, an immediate apology to any women out there that may be offended or that have suffered through harassment. But Steve Wynn was thanked. And I remember, this is now a resort town. And it was not a resort town until the late 80s, uh, 88, 89, when he opened the Mirage. And that's considered to be the first resort. The big thing was going to watch a volcano erupt. And then it was a hotel inside. It was no big deal. But that was considered a resort. But then I remember when he opened the Treasure Island, and and I've told this on our late night stuff, they did it on live TV. They did this live TV, Channel 8, Channel 5, all the stu- they were down there and he stood on a pirate ship for that show <laughs> and he said, "Captain, man, your cannons." And he counted down. They did a countdown, 10, 9, all the way down. At 1, they blew one of the cannons and the cameras immediately shifted to Flamingo and Las Vegas Boulevard and imploded the dunes. And then now it's Bellagio. From that segue, this is a town that Steve Wynn started putting right. on shows live we, with implosions of old Las Vegas yep. where the Rat Pack used to go to right. and sit up in the lounge at the top of the dunes, and now they're going to be putting on shows. I mean, can you imagine the entertainment, what we're going to see during the Super Bowl week? The entire week. By the way, you keep mentioning the word entertainment, yeah. and that's the other significant thing. Yeah. You know, that we've made the transition, and, and some by necessity because, you know, there's gambling everywhere now and, and – our gambling revenue isn't as big a piece of the pie as it used to be. It really is a city about entertainment. So, so the fact that the big stadium was built, you know, a billion dollars given by the public, Raiders pony up their money, Jerry Jones, you know, gets Bank of America to jump in. It's been a whirlwind the last couple of years. And, man, the event's coming. It's yeah. incredible. And, yeah, potentially a $500 million, we'll examine that, $500 million impact to the economy for the Super Bowl coming here in 2024. You're live with the Fat Pack on Cofield and Company, presented by Nova Home Loans. Sleigh bells ring. Are you listening? In the lane, snow is glistening. 
It's a beautiful sight We're happy tonight Walking in a winter wonderland The holidays are about making people happy and granting wishes. It took some poking and some prodding, but Willie did demand that our vast production crew, led by Ari, put together some some Paul Anka fat packs. We should have those for the remainder of 2021. Why, Why does that mean so much to the audience that hasn't heard the story before? Why does that mean so much to you, Willie? Paul Anka is my... Happy holidays, Willie! Paul... Paul Anka is my mother's brother, my uncle. Uncle Paul. It's He's the reason why we moved here in 1972. And the great thing is, I swear to God, Ari would just mouth down our uh, video system. He's like, wow, I had no idea. That's really? correct. Yes. Yeah. Well, he does not listen. Very cool. He uh, is in La La Land. Wait, I'm sorry. I'm going to interrupt. That, that doesn't listen. You've, you've said this before? Yes. Yeah. Yes. We're bringing we, it up again. We always consider. I knew if, it. If Adam's on the show, he'll, he'll just go, Uncle Paul? Well, Adam just says Uncle Paul. Uncle Paul Anka. Well, we I, got, I, we still, I always liked you regardless. So how's that? Yeah. Like, I don't love I mean, you anymore just because you're, you know, Paul Anka's nephew now. I'll be honest. I still have no idea if uh, Ari has a, a big family, a small family, if any of them are alive. No closing. Okay. Let's, before so, we get into so the I'm fa- not, Cor- I'm not exactly Cor- one to be casting stones on listening to our personal stories. So it, before we get into Happy the Happy holidays fat pa- to everyone, Ari, and your family, and uh, I hope you have one. Thank you. It, before we get into the Fatback topics, two notorious, topic, two notorious facts about my uncle. One is... He lost a quarter million dollar annual revenue in royalties when Johnny Carson retired and turned the Tonight Show over to Jay Leno because that theme, Johnny's theme, my uncle wrote that. So every time you heard that on the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, and son he, of a, and he made now just think he wrote it once. Johnny Carson was on for all those years, two hundred fifty thousand dollars royalties. Did he write the end? Did, did, did he did give him the tip on the end? Kind of like, hey, close it out with that. With the golf Okay. The only reason I remember that is because I've now become a freaking Carson Show junkie again. On YouTube, it. yeah. It's in The Don Rickles room with Frank Sinatra. Okay. Yes. The second thing is Frank Sinatra was reaching a point in his career where it was kind of just plateauing. Other people were coming about. And he called my uncle. This was the point where my uncle was writing a lot of songs. He wrote. You know, this song has all of a sudden become a social media thing with me with uh, reels and TikTok is um, put your head on my shoulder or puppy love. Um, he was writing songs for a lot of people. Buddy Holly, Sammy, he wrote a song for Sammy Davis Jr. Frank said, man, you're writing. Out, hey, kid, you're writing songs for all these people. What about your boy? You know, what about your boy? Re- reportedly or um, allegedly. Here we go. When he wrote My Way for Frank Sinatra, it was the song that revived, rejuvenated Frank Sinatra's career. And Elvis Presley performed it better live than anybody when he did the International, which is when to be the Hilton, which is now the Westgate. And he did it better than anyone live. But they told him, do not record it. Let Frank record it. because Oh, wow. And that's what brought Frank's career back. So let's go on to the fat back. You're done? Sure. We like, well, the, I we can, like the Uncle Paul story. I can, yeah, no, later, I know you got no, more of them. They'll, they'll have to come on to the late night podcast. Yes, That's a tease yes. for the, one of the late night podcasts. Yes, yes, yes. We'll do it. All right. So, Fat Pack. Yeah. Willie is fired up to be out here. Thomas. Oh, my Mac. girl Paloma's walking by. Okay. 
By the way, we got a UNLV game coming up, 7 o'clock, 6.30 with the pregame here on ESPN Las Vegas. That's running where we'll warm up with uh, John and Curtis. Do we have a deli issue? <laughs> By the way, did you see how I intertwined? Was that a good memory? With uh, We had Marcus Arroyo on earlier, and I remember him dropping a line yeah. during the football season at a fantastic. Monday press conference about his mom being a butcher. His eyes, he was like, yeah, yeah, he was. I, re- I, I do remember, great some, story. I do remember I some stuff, and he was talking about, like, I, love hey, it. I actually, there, like, the, the reason I, and the reason it hit me when he talked about his mom being a butcher, and he, he told yeah. us a story in the first hour about, like, what his work ethic is and kind of have an appreciation for what you have, because mm-hmm. uh, at the time, like, there were no female butchers, no. you know, back then, and I was actually, when he said it, I actually thought about my mother, because my mother was a, was always real entrepreneurial, right, and uh, owned her own businesses, nothing major, but, like, in the face, uh, and she'll tell me stories about, you know, the way, you know, men, tr- you know, acted in the 70s and 80s, and she was always kind of like, up yours. I'm doing whatever I want. So, right. yeah, I love that. Was a great. That was fantastic. And, and we and we know there'll be an extended conversation because I want to talk about slicers. You know that. Like, well, like, Marcus, did you have one of those high end Hobart slicers at home? Well, yeah, and you're gonna oh, maybe he didn't. Maybe she, maybe she, he's not. Believe me, he is. Maybe she, he, did he, you see? Did you at see the head he, of that program? He is not a uh, he is not a cured meat guy. He eats a little I mean, healthier than I do. Do you <laughs> did you notice that he was a little taken back? Then he said, "Yeah, she was," but he was there was a little a little hesitation. Maybe she worked at like place like Satrials. Maybe there was, a, you know. I think she was a grocery store butcher. I'm pretty oh, sure. Oh, grocery store. Yeah, yeah. Right. That was a great story. And you know what? That's the type of story that, like, next year when he turns his program around and they end up in a bowl, and I pitch the story to AP about he, Marcus Arroyo in his third year turning around, blah blah. You're gonna steal that's, it. That's going to be the lead. You're going to steal it. The work ethic that what yeah. he saw his like mother. I'll, yeah. t- I'll take credit for it. Sure. Yeah. It won't get. I tell you, Adam Hill. Uh, Adam Hill was a little salty. He probably doesn't want me to tell the story on the air, but. Uh, I don't know what he wanted out of this, but I guess did the VGK broadcast crew uh, last weekend, they kind of jumped on the Jack Eichel neck surgery, Chris Weidman angle, and Chris Weidman, a UFC fighter, was in town. So they had Weidman on, and Adam had written about that about you know, three weeks ago, one, yeah. a month ago. So They, he, they should have said. You're an innovator, we, brother. Thanks to Adam Hill for turning us on to this story. Yes, absolutely. I, I'm on Adam's side for that one, 100%. If you're in broadcast, if, if we're doing this, now don't You do it all the time. I hear you do it all the time. You if, give credit to people all the time. All the time. Yeah. If Even you're people on the that Ari doesn't like and is banned from the show. You, you, sometimes his eyes get real wide. He's like, what? Ari's that eyes person. Get, Ari's giving them eyes credit. Get They're wide. banned. Listen, Ari's eyes get wide when I text him a question because he wants to know. He thinks he's in trouble. He's like, hey, let me just let you know. This is, I'm not in You're a very get, intimidating figure. I'm not. You've come in here in a couple of months, and, and Ari is, <laughs> he is uh, scared big time. I actually get excited because you didn't call me. You texted me. I'm a so caller. I get excited about Ari that. doesn't answer the phone. Yeah. That, well, none he, of us he do. Better, he better none be intimidated. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not an answer to the phone guy either. I'm not a texter when I'm driving in the car. So if I think of something, I just, you know, hit the red light. I, I find, you know, or I'll just Siri call or whatever, the, you know. Anyway, you, uh, deli issue. Are you okay? Did you have, a, like, a cheese showdown at the deli? I did. What happened? Okay. So I'm not going to name the grocery store. Please don't. Okay. But they there there's a grocery store, and I think a couple of – of the establishments do this now, but they pre-cut their cheeses and their deli meat. So when you walk up, you get the plastic bag at the Ziploc, and you yeah. just grab it. We, we know which place it is, but go ahead. Okay. So they do the cheese, and they layer it, overlapping each slice, and then and so it's one, and then on the t- – oh, What's the problem? On the, okay. When you, I have the picture. I'm going to show you. <laughs> you. I took a picture. It's very intense. I took a picture of it to take with me because I have gone to that same place and said, look, 
I don't want, they'll go, well, it's pre-cut. I said, no, 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 no. I want you to cut it for me, and here's how I want it done. Nice. I want the tissue paper. I want one slice, one slice, new tissue paper, one slice. And I don't want any of the slices touching one another. I always wondered who the psycho was because I see them do that. I'm like, who requests this 500 pieces of paper in between all the cheese? It's you. Well, no, but they don't do it the way I want it in the store. Oh, I know they, they, don't. They, do, they overlap it because what happens is when you go to tear one slice off, if I'm making my cheese eggs, I just need one slice. Yeah, but instead, they stick to each other, yeah. and then they don't come out clean, and you got to rip. So I took a picture, and I said, let me show you something. This was the last package of cheese, and the girl was like, oh, my goodness. I said, yeah. I said, maybe you guys will change now and see. I love the willies. Some, some. <laughs> so that could be the, the, the mom of a future football coach, and you're busting her chops. Now you know potentially what Marcus's mom went through. I don't think she, I don't think she was – yeah, she, she wasn't working the deli that way. She, she was a, she was an actual butcher. This is a deli. Yeah, this is the difference between a service deli worker and a butcher. So I'm not I'm not too scared that I may end up in the back of a butcher shop. <laughs> All right, on the way back, we're gonna get you updated on what's going on around the NFL. Now the football team, Washington, has major COVID issues, and you got to see where this line has gone with the Eagles and WFT. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield and Co. The Raiders could get a boatload. In return, a boatload. But what are you worth? How badly do you want a quarterback? It's Cofield and Company, live. Yeah, we'll get to Colin Cowherd's comments on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We carry a show on our sister station, 1340 and 98.9 FM. As Cowherd the other day was talking about Derek Carr, the Shortage of quarterbacks around the league and that the Raiders could flip Carr for, as he said, a boatload. Mm-hmm. A boatload. That's coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. So is Caleb Herring, the former UNLV Rebel quarterback. We'll talk a little bit more about the Rebels' early signing class, a little bit about Carr, Raiders, dealing with COVID, dealing with short rosters, all that's coming up around 5.30. Will Ramirez, Cofield, hanging out here at the Thomas & Mack. UNLV basketball game is on the way. At 7 o'clock. So, on the COVID front, you got no Baker Mayfield for the Browns. The coach is out, Stefanski. That number shifted from 6.5. Raiders were getting 6.5. Now, they're laying 1.5. We've got the same sort of crazy situation unfolding now, Willie, Mm. in the Washington football team game against Philly. The number is now Philly 7. This is crazy. This betting weekend is going to be the craziest betting weekend we've had in a long time in the National Football League. And as I said multiple times, I just don't know that you can bet any of the games too early for fear that there could be more positive tests coming up. The Rams list is pretty big, too. The Rams list, the Washington football team. Um, I'm scrolling through one site here where they just keep updating it. And it's long. I mean, the, the scrolling didn't take as long yesterday. Cleveland was the longest team on there since in that. Oh, no, the Cleveland. Baker Mayfield, John Johnson, Troy Hill, Malik McDowell. I mean, Wyatt Teller, Jarvis Lane. It just keeps going on. Like, yesterday, let's put it this way. Yesterday, I tweeted out a list. They said, here's the updated list of Cleveland Browns. And I was able to hit the print screen button on my laptop to screenshot it and then crop it and put it and tweet it. Like, you have to scroll twice. Like, I have to hit the mouse wheel twice to get through the list of players, including former UNLV football player Johnny Stanton. 
by the way. Let's do a giveaway right now. 364-1100, Caller 11, caller 11, caller 11. It's the Press Box Holiday Hookup on Ice. The Press Box has all these prizes, and we are here to help them give away. You get Caller 11, four tickets to see Disney on Ice Dream Big. The show's coming here January 6th to the 9th. It's at the Thomas & Mac. If you don't win, you can grab your own tickets at DisneyOnIce.com. All the winners of the Disney on Ice tickets also qualify to win a new 55-inch 4K Smart TV. We'll be giving that away to one winner December 21st, 364-1100. It's the Press Box Holiday Hookup on Ice.